Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. You can text us 630-630. Give us a call, 70-496-0063. We will be heading to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline very shortly. We are just awaiting... A call from Al Coates, who is the executive director of the Helenka Gretzky Cup, to recap the events. Of course, Canada winning gold over the weekend with a 6-2 win in the gold medal game over Sweden. Some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. At 105, we will go interactive. Brad will join us in studio as well. We'll give our point predictions for the Oilers. Uh, we're just looking at four players here, McDavid. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and Poli Arvey. And when we get someone on from the sports forecaster later in the week, we'll get to uh, those predictions when it comes to where the Oilers finish and that sort of thing. So we'll keep it basic for today. It gives us something to uh, talk about because there are a ton of predictions coming in uh, right now on the text line at 630-630 or on Twitter at Oilers Now. All right, we do have Al Coates on the phone, and he joins us. Al, welcome back to uh, Oilers Now. How are things going? Terrific. Really good, thank you. Uh, just trying to, like everybody else, trying to recover uh, after uh, about 10 straight days of um, of nonstop uh, building and excitement, I would call it. Yeah, absolutely. So now that you've had a chance to uh, sit back, um, maybe just talk about, in, in your opinion, you know, the, how the tournament went, uh, and, you know, I, I would say it started a little bit slow attendance-wise, but I, I, then I said it, it ended with a bang. Like, it was really, uh, you know, well-received by the end of it. But uh, how would you uh, sum it all up? Uh, well, uh, similar, I suppose. But I think, you know, we got to go back a long ways, um, maybe a year or so ago, a vision by Bob Nicholson and the great partnership that was formed between OEG and Hockey Canada, City of Red Deer, Red Deer Rebels, and of course our friends with both the Slovak and Czech Ice Hockey Federation, as well as our TSN partner. They do such a, an unbelievable job with us. So we we didn't have um, our our purpose really was to uh, initiate it. Uh, make sure, try to educate people during the process. I, I did a lot of uh, media work personally, so I had a little bit of firsthand knowledge of, of trying to say to tell people what this was. Uh, everybody knows what World Junior is, obviously, and and this has always been. Well, you got to go back to 1996 when it was here the last time, and it wasn't even under the same name. It was out in Castleguard. So it hasn't really been here before, a brand new product, and that's the way we treated it. And we thought if we could start 
get it started, do things right, make sure the players and teams had a great experience, which I believe they did, and build towards the crescendo at the end of the week, uh, then then it would be a really good first time event for uh, for Alberta. Well, people on the text line here today are responding well to it, saying it was a great event. And obviously you talked about this being maybe a foundation. Now there is a great chance to uh, grow around it and make it even bigger and better moving forward. Uh, one thing that's, uh, you know, undeniable is the, the talent that was uh, on the ice. Like, it was incredible to see some of these young kids and just how good they are and the direction that hockey is heading is, uh, you know, going to be really exciting for years to come. But just to see these kids uh, on display here in Edmonton at such a young age, and now we can now look ahead and follow them when they do hit the NHL, fans will be able to look back and say, hey, I saw that kid when he was 16. Now he's the star of the NHL. Well, exactly, and you know, really, it's it's funny you're mentioning that because that was that was the one message that seemed to resonate with people when we were going through all the communications and doing the work through the media in the last couple of months, coming out of the draft in Dallas, when we were able to say that 19 out of the 31 picks that played in the Holinka last year overseas were drafted in the first round this year, it kind of really resonated and hit home with people. Wow, that's that that's something. And, and now you've just watched players now this past few days in Red Deer and, and in Edmonton uh, that are going to there'll be 20 players out of this tournament, roughly 20 players out of this tournament. They'll go in the first round of the draft next year and probably as many as 50 in the seven round draft when it, when it occurs next summer. So, and there'll be players, not, not unlike Darlene, who's going to play for Buffalo. Uh, there'll be players playing in this, or just finished playing this tournament, likely that are going to find a way right into the National Hockey League come a year from this uh, September. That's how good they are, to, to your point. Attendance wise, is it a record setting uh, attendance, or do you guys know that yet? We don't really know because there, and I don't think we're going to know because uh, the, the the biggest attendance that we can find uh, for a game in in Bratislava was three thousand and something, but even that's not official. Uh, we know that the rink can hold something under nine uh, over there, so we we can only go back to a few years. Uh, we we think that even our opening game attendance on Monday night the. The, the Canada game, which was six-something, is likely the biggest attendance uh, on a per-game basis that the tournament's ever seen. But you know what? We're not we're we're not focusing on it either. We're we're really happy with with what was they being able to be accomplished uh, during the week. And like I said at the outset of the of our conversation here. From, from our standpoint, it was building and everyday building. And then the fact that OEG uh, had the foresight to host the summit simultaneous with this, we, we ended up, or collectively, we end up with virtually the who's who of hockey from around the world in one place at one time. So really a, really a great, great event, great uh, starting point uh, to build on for 2020. Yeah, the uh, summit was an outstanding idea. I'm assuming that will be back in 2020 as well. I would think so. Uh, that's was a little bit apart from, you know, my responsibility with Hockey Canada, which was for the most part. Uh, you always get drawn into things a little bit, and thank um, and I'm thankful that we did. 
But uh, for the most part, we were trying to run a successful tournament and uh, working with uh, the great people at OAG and Rebels and City of Red Deer, et cetera, et cetera. It uh, seemed to come off uh, maybe better than a lot of people thought it would. Just to uh, maybe expand on that, with Ice District, uh, you know, nearing completion here and uh, likely the next time this is uh, here we'll uh, almost have ice district uh, complete so but there's likely a chance to make this more of uh, a party i know the summit was here but like at a party uh you know down jasper ave per, per se once uh, everything's complete and you talked about building building moving forward maybe uh, that's something that you could add to this as well uh Potentially, uh, we actually kind of had that in the script for for this year, but there there were a lot of obstacles, and we really needed to focus on on trying to do this right, get the tournament uh, uh, off the ground. As I said earlier, educate people to to what it was and what they had a chance to see, and uh, the uh, the summit was a huge extension of of the. Uh, of the tournament itself, itself, and uh, to your point, uh, well, even yesterday there was kids' games going on while you know while the rest of us got to pack up and go home. There was still another day of activity there, so uh, I see that happening. I think there's a real good chance that 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 could happen. It, it is August. We have to remember that it's in August. Uh, we started on August long weekend when most families who have kids going back to school look at that as their their last opportunity to get away as a family. So we're, we'll go through a debrief uh, process here uh, in the next couple of weeks with um, the NHL, the whole scouting fraternity. Like we had, keep in mind, that, and, and it speaks to the, the importance of the tournament. We had 285 NHL people there, you know, whether half the NHL general managers, like uh, 265, 70 NHL amateur scouts there, so uh, once again, it speaks to the uh, the level of the competition and the importance of this tournament for uh, the future of the NHL. W- without question, it is the most scouted tournament in hockey in the whole calendar year. So it's a great event, obviously, and and we were just happy that uh, Hockey Canada was able to make a deal with the uh, Slovakian and um, Czech Ice Hockey Federations to be able to host it here locally. Oh yeah, I don't doubt that, that this is the most scouted event because, of course, the World Juniors already has players that are drafted uh, in that tournament. So this is all young kids with, uh, you know, a chance to uh, impress. And the other thing, as you mentioned, the entry draft, say that Edmonton gets an entry draft or Edmonton gets, uh, you know, a World Juniors here in the near future, which is very uh, likely with Ice District uh, almost complete. That should really beef this up as well because then we're talking, okay, let's start here, let's watch the kids, and then you sort of start to know those kids, then you'll want to see them uh, at these other events too. So uh, just a really a good opportunity here to sort of beef this up. If anything like that becomes uh, available, which we don't know at this time. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. The, the world has become a very small place, as you know. Like we're, you know, when, when I was going through this as a, as a youngster, like the, the thought of playing overseas was something that didn't even fathom, wasn't on the Richter scale type of thing. And now, now we're all over the place. And, you know, from a scouting perspective, we always tell tell young players, you know, if you're good, people are going to find you. It's, you don't have to dictate where you're going to go play hockey. 
you know, just to make sure that you're going to be seen or be scouted. And this kind of falls in line with everything else that's going on. Like, as you're pointing out, like, these, these are under-18s. Nobody in this tournament that just took place is 18 years of age yet. And most of them, there were some 16-year-olds in the tournament who were exceptional players, and hence the reason they were in the tournament. But for the others, they, they were there to, to separate themselves in the eyes of the scouts, to, to get ready to be prepared, and and it's kind of as as the NHL scouts would say, it was their first real good glance to be able to see what these guys can do under uh, under pressure, and, and keeping in mind it is best on best in the in the world. It's the only best and best tournament in the world right now, the one the one that we just witnessed. So it's uh, it's got a chance to. This was very successful, I think for. For in terms of our expectations or everyone's expectations, uh, it's got a chance to be something really special. 100% agree. Uh, chatting with Al Coates here, Executive Director of the Helenka Gretzky Cup. I want to ask you about uh, the Red Deer uh, aspect to mm-hmm. all of this because, uh, you know, a bunch of the games were held there as well. And, uh, how would you say uh, the games went there? We'll actually chat with Cam Moon at 135, the voice of the Red Deer Rebels, uh, about that a little more. But how would you say uh, things went in Red Deer, and will Red Deer still be a part of things likely moving forward? Well, I'll answer the second part of your question first. That is yes, they okay. will be. Uh, I, I don't think it could have gone any better in Red Deer. There's a brand-new service arena there uh, right downtown Edmonton that uh, – or, sorry, downtown Red Deer that uh, – is on the exact same site as the old Red Deer Arena, and it's, it's beautiful. And the people that built that arena, I give them a lot of credit because they they obviously planned for the future in hosting events. Great size dressing rooms, um, rooms for coaches, rooms for therapy, you know, lounge area, et cetera, et cetera. It was a perfect hosting uh, building, and the volunteers in general, starting in Red Deer and, and obviously in Edmonton as well, the volunteer crew could not have been better. So in Red Deer, this is not unlike World Juniors, quite frankly. You know, where you're, you know, I ran, I was the executive director of 2012 World Juniors, and you had your Edmonton pool and your Calgary pool, and in that particular year, you know, it finished in Calgary with with all the teams coming from Edmonton to Calgary to complete the tournament. This this was really was no different. We had a pool in in Red Deer that played the same number of games Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as the pool did in Edmonton, and then Thursday was the off day, and everyone traveled from Red Deer to uh, Edmonton to include the the tournament. So the format works uh, perfectly. Quite frankly, less less congestion. You're exposing the, the this new product, if you want to call it that, uh, to more and more people. Uh, even even with that, we started Saturday afternoon in Sylvan Lake, Penhold, Lacombe, and then the evening game in Red Deer as part of the of the pre-comp or exhibition series. So, a lot of people got a chance to see this for the first time, and it's not surprising, I don't think, and, and I think you would agree given the, the level of talent and competition that uh, the people were pretty impressed by uh, what they saw. I need to, uh, you know, ask you about uh, one more thing, Al, and that is, uh, you know, the controversy, uh, you know, in the semifinal with the video <laughs> replay uh, not being available and, uh, you know, the U.S. likely, well, I guess they should have uh, won that game. And uh, unfortunately 
for them. It uh, didn't happen, but uh, I guess the rules are rules, and it's fair game. Um, you know, they weren't able to go to video replay in that instance. But I'm assuming uh, there is an easy fix likely moving forward. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, potentially. I mean, that'll be part of a debrief. But I think what, what everybody needs to understand is that Red Deer did not have that capability. And so at the very first meeting of all the teams to go over uh, procedures or whatever, that was spelled out, and every every team agreed. In order to have consistency between the pool in Red Deer and the pool in Edmonton, given that there was no replay, replay capability in Red Deer, that that would be uh, the consistent um the consistency needed for the entire tournament. So that, that's kind of it in a nutshell, no matter how you want to slice it. It's not an NHL event, and it's not a double IHF event. And so what changes between, and furthermore, they also don't have this in Europe. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have a replay system for, and never have had for this tournament, whether it's in Slovakia or the Czech Republic. So the consistency from there to here. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But uh, all eight teams were very much aware of this when the tournament began. And on one play, you can't change what is what has taken place for the the previous balance of the tournament. Yeah, and that's why I said fair game. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess so. Maybe in the future, would it be possible just to have video review for the games in Edmonton when it comes to uh, the you know the, the the semifinal and final game? Uh, anything is possible. Yeah. That is maybe the the greatest and most fabulous arena in the entire world. It has uh, enormous capabilities in a lot of different ways, but uh, that's that's something for the organizers moving forward in a debriefing process to to determine. And once again, I you know I'm just repeating myself, but if you can't do this in Europe, you know this tournament's going to go back to Europe next year in in. Uh, you can't do it there, then you you may have to seriously consider whether you're able to do it uh, over here, whether you have the capabilities or not. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Something to think about as well. So, I guess we'll uh, leave it at that, Al. But overall, uh, we're on the same page here. I enjoyed it, and uh, you did as well. And we hope to see this thing just continue to grow because uh, you know possibilities are endless. So, can't wait to see what's on tap here in 2020. You bet. Looking forward to that. Awesome stuff. And appreciate the time. No, thank you. Really appreciate it. That's Al Coates taking some time to wrap up the Helenka Gretzky Cup. And we were talking about, you know, the talent that was uh, on display here in Edmonton. I know we're a little spoiled because we get to watch Connor McDavid all the time. But we did just watch Alex Lafreniere rip it up on the ice as a 16-year-old. And this kid is going to be special. I'd be interested to hear from all the uh, prospect fanatics out there where this guy ranks because we know he's going number one in 2020 but like how does he compare to some of the other number one picks of you know the last few years I mean he's coming off a great season in the queue last year and he's likely going to just rip the league apart this year so I'd be interested to know I know I I ran into Nate in Vegas believe it or not who is uh, a fan of the show and uh, he knows the prospects very well. He tweets about them all the time. A uh, great guy to follow on Twitter, Nate in Vegas. He texts all the time, too. Uh, I know he was out uh, at this event, so he might be a guy that can shed some light on that. But uh, Lafreniere, man, he looks good. 
without a doubt. And uh, a lot of these WHL guys that are going to get drafted in the first round this year look really good as well. And we will talk to uh, Cam Moon about that at 135. There's a Red Deer kid uh, that will likely go in the first round that we'll talk to Cam about as well. But you look at uh, Cousins, Kirby Dock, Matthew Robertson, three guys that are going in the first round of uh, the NHL draft this year, most likely, that were uh, taking part in this tournament. All three of them had strong tournaments as well. So uh, it will be a WHL-heavy first round of the 2019 NHL draft. We'll talk more about that with Ken moving forward. But I would be interested to know, like, how good do you think this Lafreniere kid is going to be? Because he looks special to me. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout here on Oilers Now. We'll come back with uh, more of your text messages here. And already some coming in on Lafreniere as well. So we'll dig in on that. You can talk to us about Tiger Woods. Lots of texts on that coming in. Is he back? I think he is. Do you think he is? We'll uh, dig deeper into that with uh, Brad Whisker when he uh, joins us in studio after the 1 o'clock news. But right now, it's uh, 12.53 in Edmonton. We'll take a break for a quick timeout, and then we'll be back. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.57 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Brad is uh, in studio. He'll join us at 105. Lots to talk about. I just mentioned uh, prior to the break there, how good is this Lafreniere kid that was uh, here in Edmonton as part of uh, the Halinka gretzky Cup? The captain of Canada, 16 years of age. Terrence from Red Deer says he reminds him a lot of Eichel. Um... Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think he might be better than Eichel. I don't know. Like, just watching him, he looks special, and he's 16. Like, Eichel is good as well. I think Eichel is underrated, to be honest. A lot of people just say, okay, Eichel's not that good because he never panned out anywhere near McDavid so far uh, in his career. But I think Eichel's a little bit underrated, and as the Sabres get better, he'll uh, start to uh, shine as well. But yeah, Lafreniere, to me, is right there with Eichel, if not better. So I think that's a fair comparison. Uh, What else do we have? Hi, Brendan. I was most impressed by that Robertson kid. He's a sniper on the U.S., some of the best top corner goals I've seen. I thought they had a better WOW team as far as individuals, but Canada had a better playmaking team. There are probably 500 or more kids in Canada who could play in that tournament. Any top-tier, well-picked, well-coached midget AAA team in Alberta would be competitive. Okay. I mean, I know there are a lot of good midget AAA teams, but uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a, still a lot of these teams are still pretty good, especially Sweden, Canada, and the U.S. Russia was really good as well. So, sure, they could probably compete against some of uh, the lesser countries. You can text us 63630. We'll get back to the uh, McDavid point project- projections, the dry settle point projections, Nuge and Poliarvi, a lot of those coming in. I'll give mine, Brad will give his as well. So lots to get to, but right now it's 1259 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out for the one o'clock news with Eileen Bell. When we come back, we will go fully interactive. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.